Bullshit. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich, founder and CEO of Mass Solutions, the world's only no bullshit marketing firm. Today we are doing our remote podcast as COVID-19 continues to have the vast majority of us working remotely at home. I'm with Maria Marhefka. Maria, how are you? I'm hanging in there, Dave. How about you? The same, the same. I know that you and the Mass Solutions team have jumped in to help a number of our clients in creative ways. So let's just talk about that because one project that I think about six of us were involved in was one of our West Coast clients is taking the leading edge and being out front in helping the world to understand mm-hmm. COVID-19. And it's from a physician's perspective. They've been telling their story, and you've been involved in that. It started off with just a simple suggestion that they do a video, and it's morphed into all kinds of stuff where they're getting other physicians to reach out to them to ask them how to deal with certain things. So why don't you just jump in and give it your perspective of the elements you've worked on and how you've seen our team do well, but also how the client is happy and how it's impacting way beyond California, Pittsburgh, New York City, et cetera. Absolutely. So obviously this is some crazy times that no one knows how to handle, so that's kind of nice that it seems like everyone's, in in essence, on the same playing field, kind of navigating the new normal, I guess you could say. But with this project in particular, they're leveraging their social media presence and then also doubling down on the fact that video performs extremely well and people are engaged with video. So they've been creating really thorough, um, up-to-date information and sharing that with their followers on Facebook. They're getting a lot of traction, a lot of shares, and they're just really dialing in on the information that people want to know and they need to know and they feel that they can trust these sources because they are physicians and this is their world that we're living in now. And, you know, our team has been, you know, really working hard together, um, even though we're all remote, we're working from home. So that adds, you know, an, an extra layer of kind of moving the pieces around to keep everyone on the same page. But over communication in these kind of times, like you've said, you said it on your LinkedIn, how communication is so important. I think that that trickles down definitely into your company and you're with your employees and your coworkers. You just need to over communicate and, and really not leave any stone left unturned when it comes to kind of getting those points out that you need to make and keeping everyone on the same page and moving towards the same shared goal. So I think that we've been doing a great job and they're getting, this client is getting really great feedback and, um, you know, that's the silver lining and things like this whenever you see a company kind of step up and really just kind of take over and, and help the people that really need it. That's what I've been impressed with is our client has taken this altruistic approach that it started out to inform us, regular people, but then they learned that other providers, physicians, assistants, nurse practitioners, physicians from in their market but beyond were looking at their LinkedIn pages and were looking at their Facebook pages and watching these videos that explain things like the trajectory curve before anyone else was talking about the trajectory curve and not to flatten the curve. Everyone talked about that from day one, but the trajectory curve, which is different. And what they've done is they've really educated all of us and anyone that's watched their videos. We've been fortunate that a number of our clients have jumped out and asked us for help. And another one is a, a client in Texas uh, that is another health insurance client where we've helped them as well with 
how to get the word out remotely to an underserved population and a Medicaid and medical assistance population and even Medicare uh, members. And we've done a great deal of work with them on messaging ranging from how the actual message would be written and conveyed and which channels to use, whether it was video, whether it was text, how much they can use social media. We've had a lot of help with them. Then I also have a case where someone was debating whether to pull the trigger. And Mm -hmm. I'm only going to say a brief part of this story. I'm not going to get into all the particulars because I don't want to um, not be positive. But one person was saying, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to have you guys help me do this plan. And then they end up doing an interview that they weren't prepared for. And it was on a television station here in our market. Mm -hmm. And it was not good. It It was bad. It was... It was abysmal. It was textbook. And at some point, I will use it if uh, if I'm teaching in a class again. I will change the names to to protect the innocent and the guilty. However, it was just a gaffe. There's no other way I can describe it, folks. I mean, while watching the report, I was cringing, and I actually got a text from Alec, my son, who was cringing, which I can be <laughs> proud as a dad that my son knew good he messaging, on it. and he picked up on it. But then I was doing a Vistage workshop today, and it was discussed at the Vistage workshop about how it was just a bad fumble of a message. So if you're listening and you're thinking you can do it with a committee, I had someone tell me, we got a committee to address COVID-19 communications. And you know what they say about committees, but the reality is even if the committee is one of the best committees ever, you still don't have that expertise on messaging, expertise on storytelling, expertise on crisis communications. And one of the things that's happening is when someone does pass up on it, like this person did, it was a disaster. Others Mm -hmm. will just pass up on it and they won't necessarily do a disaster interview, but they just won't maximize the uh, communication with employees, which is so critical today. Conversations, not just text conversations and text uh, beyond that emails, not just one medium is what's needed. And I think it's critical that we all remember this. First of all, the phone conversation like Maria and I were having before we went live on this recording, that is needed. Email can work and texting can work, but we Mm -hmm. still need to make sure we're talking to each other. And I think that's one of the major takeaways that I got from the clients we're working with and this one friend, uh, associate, whatever you want to call it, a person in my network who was thinking of doing it and didn't, and now I feel really terrible for them. Right, because I think that, you know, it's a, like I said before, it's, we've never experienced something like this, so it's, you don't have a, a blueprint to work from, so I think, you know, to your point, like you're saying is, especially with you, you've been in this business for, you know, many years. Now you have a lot of experience. Crisis communication is in your wheelhouse. So, like, at least having someone like you to lean on that has experience in this field is going to help you more so than just kind of hoping that what you put out there is is hitting the mark. It's it's really interesting because we all have our albatross in life, uh, whatever profession we choose, and ours for you and I, Maria, is that people, for whatever reason, struggle to pay for ideas. They struggle to pay mm-hmm. for ideas, and they think they can do it on their own because, you know, they watched the Super Bowl and thought that they ranked the commercials best. And 
And that's what I see is a lot of people just say, well, I don't need to put money into that. I can do it. And it's just like the same as me. I've installed three toilets in my life. But let me tell you something. By the time I, by the time I got to the house that my family was in, my, all three of my kids were born and everything like that, I wasn't risking installing a toilet myself. I was going to pay someone to do that. So right. you can do anything yourself. You can do anything you want yourself. But there are times you choose not to. And this is an instance that business leaders should choose not to try to do themselves. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, building on this topic of, of COVID-19, it's everywhere. It's the focus of everyone's attention right now. Um, you had mentioned before that you were having some, you had Vistage workshops, so you led them and you did them remotely, which was something different for you because you're used to doing them in person. So, how did those workshops go? I know that it's a little different, maybe yeah. out of your comfort zone, but, you know, how did that kind of play out today? Well, it did a number of things. It pushed me out of my comfort zone and taught me something that I was completely uh, un uneducated about. So the first thing is this, the irony of life. I fly all across the country to do workshops for CEO groups, and uh, it's just a great opportunity for me to give back to Vistage, which I think is a strong organization, CEO organization throughout the world. And it also puts me in front of CEOs who I can learn from and I can help teach them. And it also can sometimes lead to somebody wanting to do business with us. So it's a great thing. But I'll, I'll fly to Kansas City, Seattle, Texas, L.A., wherever. And I had three workshops booked for Pittsburgh. And I rarely do Pittsburgh. It's just not as, you know, I've done a lot of the Vistage groups here in Pittsburgh years in the past and so forth. And so I was all excited. And you recall I sat down with the whole team probably about five weeks ago and said, hey, these are going to be the three most exciting workshops because all of us can go. We can have one or two team members come to each one of the three. We can get video without having to fly Marcel anywhere. I don't have to worry about sleeping in a hotel. This is going to be wonderful. Well, this COVID-19 hits, and obviously COVID-19 is way more serious than me not flying uh, or me, me not doing a workshop. But I'm saying the irony of that is, so I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? So the Vistage chair said, would you be willing to do them remotely and I said to him sure I'll do them remotely but there's two interactive exercises that are going to be a little bit hard technologically and there's no way no how that uh, online virtual zoom is going to be as good as in person no way and he said okay but let's give it a try I've done two of them two days in a row and I have a third one tomorrow and I have to tell you I was wrong the response was better than in person. The attention and engagement was better than in person. Now, that could be partially because everyone's forced to be at home instead of the office, so they couldn't be distracted as much. It could be because uh, of that is the main thing. However, there were some strengths to it. And what it is is, first of all, Zoom, uh, and I'm not making a commercial for Zoom because their competition does the same thing, but for Zoom, they had the ability to do breakout rooms. So every time I was about to do an interactive exercise, we sent links in advance to our handouts and said, normally these are printed for you, please print them. Uh, we had a couple people actually pull them up and they had the PDF tool, which enabled them to type into the PDF. So they took and made ours uh, a virtual one. But everybody was then told, get your handout out for exercise one. I described what the exercise was, and then we said, we're going to break you into groups of three. And we did the groups of three just like we would in a 15-person in-person, a 15 members attending in-person workshop. So we broke them into groups, and then I jumped from breakout room to breakout room, just like I would 
in the workshop because in the workshop we'd start the 15 to 20 minute exercise. I'd give them five minutes on their own. I'd walk over to the first group, talk for a minute and a half, walk over to the second group, talk for two minutes until I got the whole way around and then we'd finish and we'd talk as a, as a whole group about what happened within the groups. Well, in those breakout rooms on Zoom, it worked just fine. And in fact, right. when, when I would pop in, they were more attentive because they were like, oh, he's here now. He's with us for only a couple minutes. So that was one thing that happened. The second was I found it was incredibly easy on me physically. I'm an intense, passionate person with a lot of energy. And when I'm standing in front of a group, I'll move a little bit, but I tend to be very flailing the hands and I'm demonstrative. I sat at the table in my basement and I had no shoes on. And I, I told Maria and Benita that they laughed at me, but seriously, like it's completely different to do a three hour presentation when you're not standing with shoes on and your back is sore. Usually when it ends, my back is sore because think about this, you're on your game for three hours staying in front of people who are have their arms crossed saying, show me you're gonna teach me something. And when you're doing that in person, at the end of that three, three-and-a-half-hour workshop, your back is sore, your, your feet are sore, and, uh, and then you do them usually days in a row because they'll try to – a Vistage share will say, let me bring you for three groups, so we knock out three groups right in a row. It was amazing. Both groups very well received. They got tremendous value. I had people texting me during it because what I did do before was I said, I need to make sure I have all of your – Cell numbers in case you have to text anything, if we want to send anything to you at the last second, beyond the chat room on Zoom. I had people responding during it saying, this is incredible, and the value they got from the workshop called The Power of Storytelling for Leaders. That's great. And I think it's especially important now, you know, with everything that's going on, I'm sure you kind of talked about this subject of COVID-19 and maybe helping them, you know, navigate these tumultuous times a little bit, but I mean, that's amazing that, you know, in the comfort of your own home, you're able to still provide people um, an immense amount of value and, and with relevant and pertinent information to everything that's going on. And we started off with just that. We talked about the COVID-19 situation. Here's what I said. I said, if you're near your computer, you are, you're sitting in front of it. If you want to type in on your Outlook or your Gmail into the search bar, enter COVID-19. And I said, just take account of how many emails come up from companies. And I said, uh, when I did this for a client, he had told me he had 383 emails that were those COVID-19 standard emails. And I said, what I did prior to each workshop is I printed my latest 10, because I get at least 10 a day. Okay. And I put them side by side, and I could have taken the name Barstool off of this one. And the next one was American Marketing Association. The next one was UPMC. The next one was some other company. Next one was a gym I used to have a membership with, and the next one was giant or grocery stores. And I could have changed the names. The emails are virtually the same. I'm not saying that to be critical. I think everyone should have done that first email. But the reality is every one of those companies needs to realize that most people are either not reading at all, scanning and deleting, or flat out just deleting. Because once we got the first wave of them, we got it. We saw that, oh, everyone's sending the same thing. And what I told the group today was you have to look at your storytelling inventory of opportunities to go out and tell this story and what are the channels and ways you're going to tell it. And one email was perfunctory and was needed, but just know that most people didn't look at that email. Now what are you going to do next to get most people to actually understand 
what you're doing with COVID-19. And that was compelling to everyone in the workshops, both workshops. Right. And I mean, that makes sense because, you know, the whole one-size-fits-all approach to marketing now especially isn't going to cut it because people are pretty numb to it already. And it's, you know, been a month or two of, you know, these changes and, and differences. So I think that, you know, that was important for them to realize that, you know, they're going to have to, to get creative and deploy storytelling to really um, stay in front of and keep their audience educated. Definitely. And I think that the biggest advice I give, and I'm trying to live myself, is make sure you're talking to your team members audibly as much as possible, like, like uh, Marie and I did today. And then, of course, use not just email. Do some texting, some email, some phone call. Use Zoom as much as you can and just keep talking to each other because that's what we're losing by being away from our offices. We're out of our habit. We're around family members, so it's less – it's actually stressful. Like I had one of our team members say to me today, he said, by 3 o'clock I'm fried. I'm chasing the kids around. I'm fried. And I totally get that. I totally yep. get that. And so we have to really keep in touch with each other using as much – of the mechanisms that are more intimate than just email. And I think that's the advice I would give anyone out there. That's good stuff. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear the workshops went well. Obviously, we're all kind of working through this um, and adapting to everything. So I guess, you know, the best we can do is we'll see what kind of happens and we'll keep learning and keep growing and, and refining our skills as remote workers and, you know, just keep pushing forward the best we can. Awesome, Maria. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No BS Marketing Show recorded from our phones and homes <laughs> instead of our studio in bold, beautiful downtown Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.